0: Thanks for tuning in to McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
1: Alrighty, good morning world. My name is Mike McNamara and this is McNamara son of a gun. Welcome Marshfield in the South Shore of Boston and welcome Lowell Lawrence in the Merrimack Valley. We are now simulcasting to both of those parts of Massachusetts and I'm so excited I can't stand it as a matter of fact here. Alright, so folks this is a call in talk radio show and today's subject is reverse mortgages. Okay, they have pluses and minuses. People love them, people hate them. There's all kinds of stuff going on with reverse mortgages. I will simply begin the show by saying that as a certified financial planner who helps folks figure out how to live their lives and uh, if it happens to be retirement, live in retirement, that a reverse mortgage is a tool and it is a perfectly appropriate tool for some folks. Okay. Plain and simple. And we're going to kick that around. And with me is David Tortolot. He's a reverse mortgage specialist from Homestead Mortgage. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good to see you. Good Good to be be back with you. Good to be seen and glad you're Here, okay so david in this one hour show there the time kind of flies and i'm hoping we get a caller or two because this is a confusing sometimes scary subject for lots of people but i I got a news flash for you folks i i know uh, some of our clients who are very happy that they have those and it's worked out for them for a variety of reasons so it's a tool it may or may not be appropriate or necessary for you and we're going to bounce that ball around here for about the next hour or so and again i want to stress uh, that at any at any time during this show, we would love to be interrupted with a call about the subject of reverse mortgages. Uh, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. And don't get nervous if you're in the Merrimack Valley. It's the same city, the same state. We're all good here. Okay, And we'd love to hear from anybody who's got some questions about the subject. Once again, 781-837-4900. Reverse mortgages. And we and, and I guess Let's see. Dave, how about a quick little background about who the heck you are so people know you're an expert. And then let's let's do the big picture, not get into a lot of details about how they work. And you know the deal. You've been doing this for a long time. So take it away.
2: Yeah. So David toured a lot. I'm with Homestead Mortgage. I've been originating reverse mortgages now for 18 years.
1: Jeez, you can't be that old,
2: David. Son a no. gun. No, 56. Okay. But I started my career in 2003 in the mortgage business. So I was doing Fannie, Freddie, all the different mortgages out there and did my first reverse in 2005 okay. and then began investigating it and trying to figure out what, what is this thing and what's all the uh, noise out there about it. And so I found it to be a brilliant financial tool. further investigation. So, um, yeah, with Homestead Mortgage, our office is based in Hanover. Um, I I, I love the product. I think it's, like you said, it's not for everybody, but it's certainly something that anyone 62 or older that wants to stay in their house long-term should learn about. And they should learn that from a certified reverse mortgage professional. I'm one of only 200 certified reverse mortgage professionals in the entire country at the moment. All right. And so that increases over time. There's a rigorous test and such. So, and it's an annual designation. And the whole idea behind that is that with all the stigmas and the, the misconceptions, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, they wanted to create a curriculum. Yeah. process for individuals that put their cards on the table and say, okay, I'll accept annual vetting. Yeah. My financial affairs need to be in order annually because that'll be checked. Fingerprinting, background checks. And then there's a code of conduct that we swear to. Probably you do that too as a yeah. sort of financial planner.
1: You know, there are lots of different kinds of financial yeah. planners, but we choose to be certified financial yeah. planners and go through that process so people can trust us and think we're reasonably yeah. intelligent, basically. And that, that's, <laughs> what
2: I, that's why I did the designation. Yeah, sure. okay. But I think the whole idea behind that was to, because of the misconceptions in the mantras and the stigmas attached to this product, we wanted to create a pool of individuals that the consumer knew was being vetted behind the scenes so that when they wanted to learn about it, they could properly educate themselves just by doing... Through Google, yeah. local CRP near me, yeah. and they could link up to someone.
1: Even if it's not, near, even if it's not me. But so. well, there's 200 of you in this country. You're going to be pretty busy. So that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty busy right now. So it's, it's it is a good thing. So what are they? If I, let me frame it real simply. Everyone knows what a mortgage is, and so this one's taken out the same way. You sign some paperwork. There's an appraisal done. It's underwritten, then it closes. The biggest misconception with these is that the house is then transitioned to someone else it was it's given to someone else after a close that the bank owns it or they own it in the future or the government owns it that's just an enduring myth it's never been the case it's a refinance it stays in the person's name but really how it works Mike and you said earlier it's a financial tool so it's a mortgage the house is collateral it's taken out in the person's name but how this one works is it essentially The mortgage goes against the house, and then the way it operates is when it went against the house, it just unlocked some of the wealth tied up in the house, the equity, for that individual. And what I mean by that is that part of that house now becomes a spendable account because you can spend your equity through a reverse mortgage without having a monthly mortgage payment. Yeah, if
1: I say spend your house, that makes some people nervous, but yeah. if it's the only thing that you have that can help you in retirement, it's okay to spend part of your house to do that. Right.
2: But yeah. well, people spend their assets when they're in retirement, they too. They do. No, you can either spend your assets or spend your house. They're all part of your net worth.
1: And if you don't have many assets, you have to spend your house, right. basically.
2: So well, You can spend both, and we can talk about the buffet, sure. buffer asset strategy where you preserve the portfolio by having in place to spend from that when the market's down.
1: Yes yeah. and like folks, that, as so. we go along here, I'm going to come at this from a, a certified financial planner i I see the people in the trenches who need these things or who may need these things and so i'm going to be asking david some questions like i'm you listening to this show so that you understand how this is all works And if you're just listening to the show for the first time, I speak English at generally about a fourth grade level to everybody in the world, because I think that makes sense in in the financial business so folks can understand it. And uh, so folks, stay tuned. And if you have some questions, give us a shout. Uh, But they're okay. Okay, so I asked you just for an example. Okay, was it a 65-year-old? What did I ask you to do? We had a 70-year-old person. So I put together just a a rough estimate. give, Give us a couple examples of what the thing looks like then we'll get into the details okay. about who might be able to use them and need them and how that works right
2: okay. let's take a six hundred thousand dollar home someone's okay. got a home that's worth six hundred thousand okay. an appraisal is done and by and the way, 70 years' and old. And pretend
1: there's no mortgage on it for this time no mortgages on it got it okay
2: and, and we've met with them and they hey we'd like to stay in a house long term but we're starting to feel the pinch with inflation and such so we look at all their different options we can get into other options too but they say this one seems to best be the best fit for me so we put the thing in place the reverse mortgage in place we sign the paperwork to the Appraisal it closes and now it's in place. All right, how much can I get? So I don't know. <laughs> So for a seventy-year-old right now, for seventy. So year old, for a seventy-year-old couple, did you do that for? Yeah. Yep. Or the, we use the youngest person. So okay. We a you use the youngest. We okay. use the youngest person's date of birth. so yep. We're going to use. We'll say that person seventy. Yeah. So for a six hundred thousand dollars house, forty percent. Forty percent of, of six hundred six
1: hundred thousand. Okay. So
2: roughly, just just call it two thirty-five. It's a little less. Okay. Two thirty-five is what they can borrow. Now yep. that's in place. Okay. And now that really, that portion of that that equity, Mike, there's no mortgages to pay off. It's yep. set up and we'll structure that as a line of credit.
1: Yeah. Fo- folks, this works like a home equity line of credit, yeah. except you don't have to pay it back. Right. Okay. And we'll get into the backside of that in a while, obviously. Right. Yeah.
2: So now if someone says, hey, I'd rather you know not have a line of credit and just have a monthly payment distributed to me from that $235,000 pot of money, yep. we can do that. And they can name the amount. So they can say... I'd like a $3,000 month deposit from my reverse mortgage into my checking account.
1: Okay, so you and, can take it on a schedule or you can take it as you need it. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay.
2: Most of my clients, we set it up as a reverse equity line of credit. Okay. So they can just... Take from it it's as they there need it.
1: as you need it.
0: Okay, got
2: it. And so there's a couple of things that go on here. So there's closing costs, yep. right? And, so, and they're expensive, yep. and we'll go through why they're expensive. There's an upfront insurance fee equal to 2% of their value, which is
1: six, in this case, $12,000. Which is an added cost that it's you an, don't see in a regular mortgage. That's right but that's why it's guaranteed to work, basically. That's right. It's
2: guaranteed and backed by (coughs) HUD and FHA. So FHA is the insurance arm. HUD is the regulator. So that fee goes to FHA. And just think about like life insurance. Everybody pays a little bit into a fund and that kind of spreads the risk across everybody. And if some people die early, they can pay the claim and enough people paid in, there's enough money there to cover that loss.
0: We'll be right back with more great info on today's topic after a quick break. And we're back with more about today's topic, reverse mortgages.
2: Same holds true with a reverse mortgage. Everybody that takes a reverse mortgage out on the federally insured product is going to contribute 2% of their home's appraised value. Now, they're not contributing that out of their savings account or yep. their checking account. It's <coughs> rolled in. They can if they want to. They can if they want to. Yeah. And so that just makes the loan non-recourse. No one's liable for it. It's federally insured and backed. And there's other some other values there too with the line of credit rows and stuff like that yeah. but just let's so then so we get 235,000 okay because we got a 7 year old person we deduct the closing costs closing costs are roughly <coughs> on a $600,000 house Excuse me, it's going to be about $20 to $22,000 all in. 20 to 22,000. 22,000.
1: 20 okay, yeah.
2: You got the 12,000 origination. Yeah. I'm sorry, 12,000 okay. insurance fee. Yeah. 6,000 origination fee for the company that's going to put it in place. Okay. It's a 45 to 60 day transaction yep. and then an attorney closes it. Got so it. there's other costs So that, that's to. a big
1: nut for a anybody number. to think about that. That's right. Yeah, it's understand. a big
2: number. Okay. And then after that, this person would be net a line of credit of two hundred twelve thousand. So we okay. started two thirty five. We deduct that yeah. the cost. We have two twelve in a line of credit unborrowed.
1: Yeah. This so this assumes that you don't pay that closing costs and things like that. By the way, folks, just very clearly twenty two thousand dollars, twelve of that was the reverse mortgage insurance. insurance. Okay. Ten thousand is a pretty good number for closing costs in a house. But there's a whole Regular lot mortgage. of if you've ever sat at a mortgage closing and checked off the list about closing costs, obviously that's so it's more expensive than a mortgage, no question. But it's two percent more and that two percent buys you the fact that nobody's ever going to default on the mortgage and you'll get your money. That's, That's right. the way to look at that. Yeah. I say the, that okay. Yeah. The
2: way to yeah. look at it is, so the only thing, when you pay that insurance fee, yeah. it makes the loan a non-recourse loan.
1: Yeah. My mortgage, I have ex- to- re- Explain non-recourse.
2: Non-recourse here. Here. just means <clears throat> the only thing that can pay a reverse mortgage back yeah. is the house. Okay. No one's savings account, No one, if the house is short of money, yeah. meaning it's worth less than what's owed. Yep. Yeah the fund that the $12,000 went into pays the lender back behind the scenes after it sells. Okay. They don't go to the children of the estate and say, hey, this home's upside down because mom and or dad have the, had the loan so long, yep. we need the money from you. So it makes it non-recourse. The only thing they can pay this loan back is the house, the sale of the house. If the house sells for more than the reverse mortgage, that difference goes to the estate. If the parents lived a long time after they took it out, used up all the money, we had a housing market crash or something like that yep. at that time and yep. all the stars line up and the kids inherit this home that's upside down, that $12,000 fee covered them. They don't get any money from the sale of it because it's depleted. Of equity, but no one's bothering
1: them. Yeah, no no other assets are tapped if they exist, and no family members are responsible for this, that, or the other thing. No
2: personal liability, Yeah,
1: Basically, okay.
2: And then there's other guarantees, too, is that, and I'll talk about that because it isn't expensive, it's a kick in the stomach. The $12,000 fee, the line of credit that's available, HUD says we'll let that grow. That will grow because you're aging after you take the reverse mortgage out, so your $212,000 net line of credit, that will be more next year if okay. you don't touch it. And that's um,
1: and that's because your house is... They're assuming your house is gross yeah. in value, and theoretically you could borrow, borrow more against that's it. That's right, okay. and you're aging. Got it. And so because it's okay. a life expectancy calculation oh, at the and, beginning. and the home, too. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so, so as you get things. older... Okay, the amount that you can borrow, that ceiling grows yep. by, and it grows by a couple of factors. As you're older, people are gonna live less longer, so that's, that's right. You take more. That's right. And, and your house is probably getting worth more in value. That's built into the, that's okay, right. got it. That's okay. Right. Okay. right.
2: And right now the growth rate, it's yeah. not an interest rate. Yeah. It's a growth rate because interest would be taxable. Yeah. And so it's growing equity and equity yeah. is invisible. Yeah. It's not growing a savings account, which yeah. would be interest. So yeah. the growth rate right now, it's variable but it's 8.1%.
1: Okay, so let me go backwards and for a moment, let's pretend that somebody paid the 2 thousand 22 or most of the 22000 yeah. dollars to start off the equity line okay so can I write a check for twenty two thousand dollars establish my reverse mortgage basically yes and that's in effect anytime I need it is it or can there be a zero balance on it and still be in business or, or do I need to leave some money in there to keep it active
2: you have to way? have a little bit of a balance yeah, I, okay. I think
1: it's a hundred dollars okay. but I think 500 safe yeah okay so for and again so there's instead of rolling in the, the payment, which is perfectly fine, there are some folks who may want to pay most of that payment. So now you've got a balance of $100 or a couple of hundred dollars, that's okay, and it's just there if you ever need it, Right. and you haven't got some borrowed money accumulating. That's so, right. so there's two ways to look at it, depending on how you feel about it, folks. So just for a moment, so if we if that person paid the closing costs all for a couple hundred bucks, then... The, the uh, mortgage now is two hundred and thirty-five which yeah. you could borrow. That's right. Okay, Because so that's the ceiling, and, and you're telling me that next year it grows by eight percent. Yeah. Okay. So eighteen thousand or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Hang on a second. So hang on a second. So two hundred and thirty-five thousand. Okay, that's my ceiling. That's how much I can borrow. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. So two thirty-five. Okay, and eight percent of that about 19 let's call it 20 grand yeah so folks this is important and when i come back at the next half an hour from the financial planner's point of view about how you should look at this okay i i've got my, my ceiling was 235 now it's 255 so one of the cool things about this okay is that as you age the amount that you can borrow grows, okay? Always. Uh, and by the way, so you have a cap. There's only so much you can borrow, which is, they only lend you 40% of the value of the house. So That's when you started. That's when you started. Yep. And that's for the banks to protect themselves, right. obviously. But my point is, and this people don't get this, is that your ability to borrow money grows by some measure every day. And that's just a protection, yep. okay? If, if you needed one of these to begin with, that's probably going to buy you more time to have it and more time to live. Right. Given this, so there's some comfort in that growth factor from, from my point of view. And it's income tax yeah, free. Yeah.
2: And I'm not saying I'm not, I don't want people to compare this to a stock account. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's no. equity in your house. Yep. It's been hedged by a home equity yep. by a reverse mortgage. Yep. It's protected yep. and growing always. Now it's in place and growing not as an account to pass on to your state because it's blended in at the equity of the home that you have in the home yep. after you take the reverse mortgage out. Yep. It's But it, it, it's really a hedge, Mike, because this is very important, is that $12,000 fee gives a guarantee back that no matter what the line of credit balance grows to, so if someone sets it up at age 62 and lives to 95 yep. and never touched it, yep. and the line of credit blossomed to 900 to a $1 million, yep. They can borrow it. Yeah, doesn't there, matter what the home value is. Yeah, even if the home value is seven hundred, they can borrow
1: it. There have been some clients that I work with that, as a financial planner, I know things are going to be touchy with the assets they have, and they might have to touch their equity line of credit. I, I've been known to say, "Look, even though you're not yet retired, you're five years away from retirement. There's a pretty good chance, and if you work with a financial planner and some pretty cool software, you'd have an idea about that. There's a pretty good chance you might need one of these. Okay, why don't you do this? Why don't we... Open one, and yeah, it's going to cost you fifteen or twenty thousand dollars to buy you insurance about not running out of money for a long time. Is how I would right. look at that. Okay, and if you had that line in place, at, let's pretend at, at age seventy, if you did that and you didn't need it, at age eighty, you, you might, and you got a whole lot more that you can borrow just because you set that up. So this is like a, a protection against some people who are like on the edge of maybe. I'm sorry, just explain that interrupt me anytime go ahead yeah. so basically i'm um, just i wanted to
2: say if, if you had a $212,000 line of credit and didn't use yeah. it it'd be 262 in three years yeah okay in 15 years just yeah.
1: to throw away it would be about 610 yeah. F- folks are you listening to this okay I- i've had difficult it's it's very difficult to recommend a reverse mortgage yeah. to folks because no one knows i oh, have oh, failed my life i'm infinite it's very difficult from my point of view say you're probably going to need one and and People will put it off. And folks, at the next half hour, we'll talk about how folks should think about that and how they actually feel. Yep. But my point is that the earlier you do it, okay, the more protection it buys mm-hmm. you if and when you ever need it. And by the way, if you had to write a check for $20,000 at age 60, okay, to get a reverse mortgage that you may or may not use, and if you if you spent paid most of that interest off you got a pretty good chess piece on your financial board that's a backup to anything else in your life. And, yeah, $20,000 is a lot of money, but what is it to protect the rest of your life okay? Right. and your assets and your family and your home sort right. of a thing? One so of you, the key things, yeah, too, Mike, is yeah. this, is that
2: a lot of people, they get caught up with those costs. But my key question when I'm sitting down with someone is, would you like to stay here long term? Yeah. If they say yes, then never feel in the cost. Yeah. Because their intent is to stay there. Now, if their home, will their home appreciate between now and twenty years, if they pa- between now and when they pass away? Yeah. We know that the twenty thousand will be made up by appreciation on yep. the home, right? Yeah. Over a twenty-year span of time. Yep. But if you sell a house, you still pay cost too, because on six hundred thousand, yep. on average, about thirty grand, yep. right? Yep. There you go. So yep. they net five seventy. Yep. You stay there. You don't get access yep. to the full five seventy, but you get access to forty percent of it. It costs you twenty to get. 200, and if you stay in there long term, you never really feel the cost, but I just wanted to throw that out.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Folks, a couple things. We're coming up on a break here in a couple of minutes, I think. Something like that. Two, three. Good. Okay. The first question is, what's the cost? The second question, which almost never comes, is, what's it worth? What do I get for it? What's the value? Okay? Uh, I I have this discussion with long-term care insurance costs, okay? What do you mean it's gonna cost me $5,000 a year to buy long-term care insurance? That's a lot of money. Divide that $5,000 by all of your retirement plan totals and your house total. If it's a million dollars, that $5,000 is a half a percent a year. Hmm. So, So folks, you have to ask the question, what does it cost? And then you must ask the question, what am I getting for it? And how do I feel about it? Right. Okay, right. Okay, so we're coming up on a break. I'm gonna ask David to do a, a little mini summary for the next minute or two. Okay, folks, after the break, I'm going to come at it from the folks that I'm sitting across the table from saying, you might want to consider these, and here's why, or here are the reasons and the, and the questions that they ask. Okay, this is a call-and-talk radio show. If you're in the Merrimack Valley or the South Shore, okay, our phone number here is 781-837-4900. We're easy to chat with. And, again, David, we'll, we'll let you do a quick summary. And when Tim starts waving his finger around like a cowboy wrestling a rope, one minute, or oh, even better. you got a one-minute for summary, right. David. To so
2: summarize, far. a reverse mortgage is yeah. a mortgage. Okay, The house is not transferred out of your name. It's a refinance. And it, it really just acts as a tool where it unlocks some of the wealth tied up in your house, makes it into an account. That's the way it feels. So I have to speak like the way it's going to feel. And someone takes it out, what's it going to feel like? All right, I've got now $212,000 of newfound money. It's called equity. <coughs> yep. And is that going to help me stay here? And if the answer is yes, then... It's worth seriously considering it, yeah, it, not and see doing how you it. And feel
1: about that. Yeah. Don't just focus on the cost, folks. It, right. it's, it's what you get for your money. Right. Thing. Okay, we're going to take a break. We shall
0: be right back. You can find McNamara on Money on all the major podcasting platforms. New episodes drop every Monday. Tune in weekly for everything you need to know about making smart financial decisions. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode.